0: Chapter Fifteen of With Fire and Sword. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ghost Forty Five. With Fire and Sword by Samuel H. M. Byers. Chapter Fifteen. Leaving General Grant's headquarters at City Point was for me a final goodbye to the army the little steamer martin carried me down the james river up the chesapeake bay and the potomac toward the north i recall now the strange sensations i had in passing washington's tomb at mount vernon the green slopes and the oak wood in front of the old mansion were in full view i could even see the front columns of the house and someone on the steamer's deck pointed out to me the spot where stood the simple brick mausoleum where with folded arms slept the father of this country i cannot help reflecting that at that moment not a hundred miles away stood nearly all george washington's state's descendants with arms in their hands striving to destroy the government that he had founded how i enjoyed that ship ride here there was no sandy prison pen with poor starving dying comrades lying around no futile efforts at escape no tons and jeers that the american flag had gone down in disgrace now all was free and beautiful and mine the hated rag of the confederacy that had floated over my head and threatened me every day with death for fifteen long months was gone forever at the mast of our little vessel waved the stars and stripes conscious it seemed to me of the free air i was breathing that was a happy day for me some time in the following night the wheels of the boat stopped revolving there was silence and when i woke at daylight there was the land the ship was fast in the slip of the wharf and there too was the capital of the republic i went ashore by myself and wandered the city my mind crowded every moment with thoughts of what had taken place here in the last four years soldiers i saw everywhere with arms and without arms negroes now freedmen by the ten thousand fairly darkened the population with some friends i found a boarding-place on the avenue above the national hotel if i wanted to see grave men notorious men men making history all kinds of men i had only to step into the corridors of the national i had little or no ready money nor could i get any until the government settled my accounts i waited in washington for a week general sherman had given me the papers that would insure my promotion in the regular army i presented them they were all sufficient i needed only to say the word but i was sick and tired of war and would not have exchanged a glimpse of my western home for the commission of a brigadier but while i stayed at washington what sights i saw our capital is now possibly the finest in the world then it was the most hateful the most hateful in every way. Militarism, treason, political scoundrelism, and every other badism reigned in every hotel, on every street corner, in Congress, out of Congress, everywhere. Reigned at the elbows of loyalty and patriotism such as the world never saw. Society was one grand conglomeration of everything good and bad. Washington itself was a spectacle. It had no streets save one or two simply dirt unpaved roads. The dirty streetcars pulled by worn-out horses were crowded inside and outside by a mass of struggling politicians, soldiers, gamblers, adventurers, and women. The city was also full of hospitals. Everywhere there were lazarettos and graveyards. It looked as if half the Union army had dragged itself into the capital to die. The great Capitol building was uncompleted. Its dome stood there covered with scaffoldings and windlasses. The plaza at the end of the structure looked like a vast stone quarry. The Washington Monument had only gotten itself safe above high water mark, and what there was of it was in danger of falling down. It stood in the middle of the flats, the mud and the malaria, the graveyard, in short, that formed the unsavory prospect from the White House windows. Aside from the unfinished government buildings, there was not a pretense of architecture in all Washington. There was nothing beautiful there. The very atmosphere seemed sickly. Fever, malaria were everywhere. It was one city in all creation to get out of it as soon as possible. Once I tried to get a glimpse of the President. I failed. The White House gates were held by sentries. "'Why do you want to see that, old ape?' said a man to me one day. I was shocked, and would like to have killed him. Thousands in Washington affected to despise Lincoln. I wondered then that it was regarded safe for him to appear in public. One day a carriage rolled rapidly up the avenue in front of the National. I heard some men cry, "'Look! The President!' I glanced quickly a tall dark man wearing a silk hat sat in the carriage at his side a lady in a moment they were out of sight there was not a cheer not a hand touched not a hand waved and yet that was abraham lincoln passing soon to be the greatest man in history a little wrangle and almost a fist fight between some bystanders on the pavement followed one party denouncing the president for freeing the damned niggers another thanking god for the president's noble deeds such scenes were going on everywhere all over the capital pro and con approval and hatred. The best-praised, the worst-abused mortal in America was just entering on his second term of the White House. I never had a glimpse of the kindly face again. At last my accounts were ready. "'But your regiment,' said the assistant war secretary, "'does not exist. What was left of them was all put into a cavalry troop long ago. You are the last man of the regiment,' across the face of my paper he wrote, "Discharged as a supernumerary officer.' that paper lies before me while i write i was paid off in shining greenbacks for all the time i had been in prison as to the eighty comrades who had been captured with me that twenty-fifth of november in the assault on missionary bridge all but sixteen were dead nine of my old company b of the fifth regiment were taken prisoners and only one of them had survived the horrors of andersonville poor cartwright died not long after and i alone of the little band was left to tell the story End of Chapter Fifteen. Recording by Ghost45. End of With Fire and Sword by Samuel H. M. Byers.